0: just back from from full of life and full of energy after their holidays, and in some way to get the batteries recharged thanks Paul and uh, Joanne and Puma for leading us I think there's a a greater thing in all those songs Paul but uh, we'll maybe expand a little bit on that as we go along thank you and uh, thanks to Nizel last week for for, um, just uh, what he shared, I really enjoyed your um, ministry last week, uh, Nigel. Over the last couple of weeks, there has been a word that's been rattling around in my mind, uh, and it's the word courage. And it seems to be one of those words that you ever get one of those words that just is there all the time, and it never goes away. And um, I seem to have gone away. <laughs> that's okay. If, if anybody knows anything about me, I'm a real sucker for stories of courage. I uh, love movies that are based on courage. I love books that are based on courage. I love true stories that uh, where people have given themselves uh, in, in acts of courage. I love World War One and World War II movies and documentaries of people who sacrificed their lives in the hope for a better future for others and generations to come. I love stories within the business world uh, of courage uh, where I find myself. I love, um, I've i loved over the last uh, 18 months, I haven't loved the pandemic in particular, but I've loved the stories of courage. People who, right at the start, uh, stood out on the front line and served and cared for us well. Just that desire to put yourself second, and put others first. Courage can be displayed in many many different ways, in many different forms and uh, expressions. I remember the first day that I asked Joanna, girls, we girls, who wrote a story like this. <laughs> um, we were in a circle of friends, we had been for six months, and I had um, a few relationships before that that just didn't work out. And we were in this close uh, group of friends and uh, I was drawn to Joanne. And uh, wasn't going to have the courage to at the risk of breaking that group of friends and asking her out on the deal. I remember very well where I was where when I sent her that message that was in the kitchen of of the house that I lived previously in the Orchard when she came out with me on her own yeah. and there's many different stories within that some of us remember back to buying our first house or building our first house some of us remember back to the time when we changed our career, changed direction in life we started a new job or we uh, relocated even to a new area Some of the definitions of courage is uh, being motivated by your heart to do something brave. It's the ability to stand up or fight for something that you believe in. To show strength in the face of pain or grief or opposition. There's lots in the room that that have done that and we've seen that demonstrated. It's doing what you truly believe right is right in the hope of a better or a long-term reality. It's doing what you believe is truly right without even understanding truly what the outcome is going to be. And as if we're here today, I really feel that God wants to encourage us. He wants to encourage us. But today I want to talk a little bit about biblical courage, or godly courage. The godly understanding of courage and suppose in doing so to continue to think if we're to go live God's plan for our lives run the as well and to finish well we're going to need times we're going at times need to engage our courage this is a huge topic but oftentimes i think about Daniel and his three friends young men captives in a foreign land probably somewhere in their late teens, early twenties, away from their own people in a foreign land, living under the rule of foreign gods and foreign ideas and foreign concepts. I think of the courage that motivated them to stay the course, to stand for what they believed was right. Daniel 3 tells us the courage of these three men. They were brought before the king because they would not bow down. And the king summons them to come before him before they were to be put in the fiery furnace. And the king says, what have you to say for yourself? What have you to say for yourself? We have loads of people have lots to say today. They've lots to say. And they've never been asked to say anything. And yet they feel that it's their right to say. I love the posture of these three men. They come before the king and they say, "We don't really need to say anything, but if you want us to say something, if you want us to say something, this is what we will say. If you throw us into the fiery furnace, the God we serve is well able to rescue us from your hand." Singing songs, we sing and sing so and sing about the words of fear. 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 A lot, yeah, a, lot ha- today, today, a lot of a lot in today A lot of a people are saying safe, either side either side where vaccines are concerned go. or your or viewpoint on global global at this time yeah. this time is dominated by and fear. fear. It's not it's by, not, courage, courage. It's not, it's by not by faith. It's it's strong, strong words and so the struggle and bits and pieces, pieces. and diseases uh, and the uh, stats here and stats there and stats beyond better not get off track and so the, these three men say the God we serve is well able to rescue us they don't presume he's going to rescue from it from your hand but even if he doesn't sometimes we miss those words but even if he doesn't we want you to know him we will not serve your gods worship the image of gold and silver so, so that you have set up. And we see this type of courage, this courage that is not self-motivated, it's not it's sacrificial, it's hopeful and expectant, and it's totally reliant on God's power for God's outcome. You see, worldly courage usually relies on what's in it for me and usually is motivated by fear, as I've already said, and usually relies on human abilities. It's full of pride in self. or can often be, I should say. But God encourages is motivated, godly motivated. It's sacrificial to self, and usually from that and to others. It relies upon the supernatural power to motivate to strengthen and to sustain. And from my life study, it comes with an expectancy, a hopefulness, beyond what we can see. It trusts firmly in God's outcome. What I've discovered is, as we live out right God's plan, that's living God's will, in God's way, in God's timing, will bring us usually to a place where it's way beyond our ability. If it's not way beyond your ability, I would ask you to question what you're called to. It has to be way beyond your ability. Now it has to use your ability and works through your ability, but it still has to be beyond. It has to bring you to a place where you're dependent on God. It's sometimes going to be scary. You know you get those huge nipples on the back of your neck and the hairs standing all the time when you think to yourself, what on earth am I doing? There are probably going to be times you're going to feel like giving up. Have you ever felt like giving up? Have you ever felt, what on earth is this all about? And, then, and those are the times we're going to need to engage. Those seasons of Godly. Courage that believes in the power and the presence of God. It looks beyond earthly courage. It causes us to look beyond our earthly ability. I like the words of Job. Well, I don't like the words of Job, but I do in a way. But in Job, um, chapter 13, verse 15, Job says these words. A righteous man, a man who has lived right before God. In the midst of pain, disappointment, loss, trials, and uncertainties. He says these words, even if he disowns me, I still will worship him. God encourages the ability to face a negative situation in the hope of a positive outcome. You ever found like you needed an injection of that hope into your life? I do. In our house, we love the story of David and Goliath. And that's what uh, Paul's first song is about, the giant's fall. A teenage boy, and I've got some steps here, that I feel that God wants to sort of challenge us on. So I've got four stories, and you might want to go back, read over those yourself, or one of them in particular, and say, that's where I'm at today. And so you go back and read the story yourself. But we love the story of David and I think it's because Ethan's quite small, and he, he just loves chance. A young boy who steps into the battlefield, an atmosphere of fear and no hope. A trained army, a nation, we read, is frozen with fear. And something rises within this young boy and says, this isn't right. Wouldn't it be great if our young boys were here and we could just say to them you know what, he was probably about your age. Probably around the age of 15 or 16. Can you see the same, can you see thousands each side of of the battlefield? And this young boy, a tiny speck, stands on to the field. The nation are frozen, God's people are frozen with fear. I have talked about this story for ages and David could have stood back and said um, it's not my responsibility. He could have stood back on the advice of his brothers and even King Saul and said it's beyond my ability. But no, he said I need to do something. So he, he, you ever get that first thought? He's thought, something needs to change. But then the second thought usually creeps in behind it and goes, yeah, but like, you're hardly going to be able to change this. Like, you're only who you are. But for some reason, that doesn't happen with David, or we don't read it happens with David. We read that he does two things. One is he reminds himself of when he previously faced danger. I have a great way, I have a great ability to forget. Forget how God has helped me journey through stuff in the face of something new. He remembers. And then he also reminds everyone around him who he is doing this for. And I think there are the two great things that we need to keep within as we keep journeying forward in what God has asked us. This is another great example of courage lived out. And you might want to go and read through it, as i said. But a full nation, the faith of a full nation is changed in the actions of small boys. Was being aware of what the outcome would be for him? I don't think he was. I don't think he knew what it was going to be. Maybe you're aware of an injustice. Or God's highlighted a need in your thinking. And all around people who are trained or meant uh, to be responsible or have given up hope. They're paralyzed with fear. In fact, and you're thinking to yourself if i could only do something to help the change can we be encouraged this morning by david who took hold of the skills that he gave given, and with god's help stepped onto the battlefield god through the life of a teenage boy changed the face of the station this nation and i love the end result of, of all of these stories we read, there was great rejoicing among the people. Sometimes we think about rejoicing as a distance, but it was among the people. It was in the people. And that's what acts of courage do. They bring a joy. There's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a, a something that comes that's unexplainable, but it's a joy. There's another story, and it's about a man called Joshua. And we read in Joshua 1 that this man is about 60 years of age. And God comes to Joshua and highlights, we read, God says these words. He says, now Moses, my servant, is dead. Get up, Joshua. Get ready. I have a plan I want you to complete. Oftentimes I think about what it was like for Joshua in this moment or in this time was he discouraged where was he what was he doing where was he at within himself and within the purposes of god and the plan that god had to lead the people into the promised land and he thought to himself look this journey that should have took about or could have took about 40 days is now 40 years on, and the man that you commissioned to do it is dead And so, God asks Joshua to step on. Three times God says to Joshua, he says, be strong and be courageous. And he promised him this, I will be with you. Maybe that's what we need to hear today or keep in our memory and our psyche. But God isn't distant, he's here with us. Maybe you're here today and you've acted in courage. And you've journeyed in courage. You've done what you've believed is right and you haven't seen the fruit of, of it yet. But it seems for you that courage is dying. It's something maybe you haven't engaged in in a while. You're, you've got discouraged. And it that usually comes from a disappointment somewhere along the way and discouragement left untreated will lead us into an area of disillusionment i feel god wants to remind us today that he's with us he's with you he will provide for you he will make a way for you his timing is perfect so pick up courage again there was great celebrations among the people when the fruit of courage was unveiled And God brought his people into the promised land as Joshua stepped on. David stepped in, Joshua stepped on. Elijah the prophet, we read about him in 1 Kings 19. He's a man called by God to go confront King Ahab, ruthless king. He had led the nation uh, totally in the wrong way. And it was like as if God said, enough is enough. And so uh, Elijah had to go and deliver a word. Famine is coming. And I'm sure the next instruction from God that um, that Elijah received was a hard pill to swallow. God says, now, go to a solitary place and by the brick called Cherith, drink from the ravens, I'll, or shall I drink from it, and the ravens will feed you. And number one, I, I, I often thank the courage that it took for Elijah to obey that word. Why? Because prophets don't like to live in isolation. When they deliver a word, they like to see the fulfillment of that word. And so for him to go away from where the word was delivered is a difficult the thing for a prophet to do. Number two for him to number two was to where to live by a brook. I thought you said it was going to be a famine. A famine usually comes from a drought. How is the water going to get in the brook? Number three, fed by what? Ravens? Ravens in the bible are unclean animals. How could the man of God be fed by unclean animals? And fourthly, wait. Waiting is a very difficult commandment to obey. A wise man once said, and I've always remembered this statement, it takes courage to stand up and to speak up or to speak out. But it also takes courage to sit down to wait, to listen, and to learn. And here we see God asking someone to step aside, because He's a work today. God has a work today, and sometimes we're standing in the way. It's reckoned right that Elijah lived up there for about three years. It's not an easy pill to swallow for the prophet. we see in the story god provided he might challenge us how he will do that and sometimes the work he has to do is not out there but oftentimes it's in here in those times of god had to do that with many people he had to do it with peter he had to do it with paul And you see, we are called to do God's work, God's way. Mm -hmm. And today God is asking, maybe asking you to use your courage and step aside. Step aside. Move from your own preconceived ideas of how the journey of faith should work out. And then the last story that i want to allude to this morning is the story of the disciples in john 20. read it in john 20 the disciples are behind locked doors afraid unashamedly we read they are afraid a couple of times we read that's the case they're locked behind closed doors jesus had told them to wait wait till you were in jude with power from on high. But he never told them to wait in fear. I just think about so many things that are motivated by fear. These are the men, I love the contrast here, because these are the men, a couple of chapters later, who turn the world upside down. Not, not very long after this, turned the world upside down, and yet at this stage, they're frozen with fear. They didn't even fear for their own lives. We read later on, but for some reason, now they are. And something had to happen. uh, There had to be some great change within them for them to move beyond the lockdown. And yet we read in, in, in verse 21 that Jesus breathed upon them, breathed new life upon them. But I love, if you read these two chapters, you get this idea that Jesus visited with them many times behind those locked doors. Jesus journeyed with them through their doubts and fears. He taught them and, uh, and I know Neil um, uh, did the talk chat on this a couple of weeks ago about journeying back through your fears and naming your fears. And it takes courage to do that. But he also reminded us who is with us as we do that. And we see a great example of that. That this was the great, I believe was the great transition in these uh, guys' lives. And maybe today fear is is stopping you from stepping out. You're, you're locked. You're locked behind solid doors. I have found that my greatest antidote to these times of fear is becoming more and more aware of his presence. Allowing him to visit with me behind those locked doors. Allowing him to do that individually. But also allowing him to do that corporately or collectively. For me it's time taking time to reflect on him, walk with him, talk with him, and talk about him to others. And uh, I think we, we sometimes think we can do that on our own, and there is a place for doing it on your own. But there's also a place that, that has to be worked out in a family together. There has to be a talking about, a talking it out. Allowing him space to speak. Allowing him to breathe new life on me again. And again we read later on or in the early chapters of uh, Acts, we read as these men moved out, as they saw, as they moved out, stepped out in faith, there was great rejoicing. There was great celebration there was great change. And yes, was the pains or the trials still there? Of course they were. But they still moved on. And so time's gone, but I wanted to end where I I, I started. I I truly believe if we are to fulfil all that God has planned for our lives, then seasons of godly courage will be needed. Remembering this, what God calls people, when, when God calls people, he always calls them to something greater than their ability. And so let me ask you, and be a bit, like, uh, a bit rhetorical, like Neil, in the sense of uh, Jesus continuing to ask questions, let me ask some questions here as I finish. Is God asking you to step in? Do you see a need? See, has he highlighted a need? Has he... Has he, have you he seen an area of injustice that's way beyond your ability? But God is asking you to engage your feet, use the skills he has given and step out into the battlefield. Is he asking you to step on? Paul writes, I press on towards the goal, towards the prize. And there's moments and there's times and there's seasons of that where you seem like you're getting nowhere you haven't seen the fruit of what you have believed God has called you to and sometimes we just have to take courage take courage take courage and step on step on is he asking you to step aside because he's got a work to do maybe he's got a work to do externally and maybe he's got a work to do and in those times that he asks us to step aside this is the big thing I think will, will 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 change those moments is he will provide his way. He will provide his way. Or is he asking you to step outside? Outside are man-made limitations and fear. Let me pray as I finish. Father, you realize to live with courage we need your supernatural to motivate, to strengthen, and to sustain. Father, we're incredibly aware of your presence. And we ask you, Father, to breathe upon us again. Give us the courage to step in, to step on, to step aside, or to step out for you. Thank you for your courage, the courage that puts others and your purposes first. Father, I'm praying that you would follow hope again, as we reflect on the idea that you are coming soon. Lord, let your kingdom um let your will be done. And Father, I pray the words of Romans nine, seventeen as we finish, as we as we engage in this thought of courage, as we as we carry it into the week ahead. That you that we might have a sense that you have raised us up for your very purposes that we might display your power and your name be proclaimed in all of the earth. Amen.